Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You, and today we have a very, very special friend of mine on the program, Yuhidit Barsky. She is a senior research fellow for the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy, known as ISGAPT. It's based at Cambridge University, the Wolf Institute at Cambridge University in the United Kingdom. I met Yehudit uh, this past August at Oxford University at ISGAP's summer program. And Yehudit has devoted her career to the study of Islamist terrorist organizations and movements, specifically interested in the motivations and ideologies driving the global adherence of these organizations. Yehudit has frequently focused on the combination of anti-Semitism and Islamism that seems to defy Western logic. She's fluent in Arabic and Hebrew. Ms. Barsky holds a master's degree in international relations and Near Eastern studies and a bachelor's degree in international relations in Jewish history and civilization, both from New York University. With particular interest in the security of the Jewish community, Yehudit has conducted research and led the Division of Middle East and International Terrorism at the American Jewish Committee for 14 years. Ms. Barsky regularly briefs media, law enforcement agencies, and Jewish communities on the implications of terrorism on U.S. policy, serves as senior advisor and Middle East specialist for intelligence and analysis for the Secure Community Network. So it's so wonderful to have my good friend Yehudi Barsky with us today. Welcome to Israel and you, Yehudi. Thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to be with you. And you and I would have never imagined this past August, we had a lot of great conversations in our two weeks there at Oxford University this summer. We would have never imagined in August that here we are, the first part of uh, November, and, and of course the tragedy that happened on October 7th in uh, southern Israel, and actually throughout Israel with all the rocket fire. And so I've got a, just a list of questions here for you, and, and, and I know you're going to help enlighten us on, on what Hamas is all about. And, and we're going to do two shows uh, this week and next, and today we're going to focus on Hamas, who they are. And so my first question, Yehudi, was October 7th a one-time event, a one-and-done, or is this part of an ongoing campaign of terror uh, by the terrorist group Hamas? So what we saw on October 7th was actually a, a culmination of the ideology uh, and activities le uh, leading from that ideology of, of Hamas. Uh, they've been talking about the annihilation and destruction of Israel ever since the, the beginning of their movement and even going farther back to the founders of of their movement, which were, which is actually their counterpart to um, the Muslim Brotherhood. So they, in in their ideology, in the um, in the covenant of the uh, sorry, excuse me, the charter of the Muslim of the uh, of Hamas, they actually explain that their goal is to destroy Israel, and it, in the in the charter is a combination of different forms of anti-Semitism. One of which is borrowed from white supremacist anti-Semitism, uh, Nazi anti-Semitism, 
uh, and then as well, Islamist anti-Semitism, meaning Islamic extremist anti-Semitism, and they also borrow from the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, which which was a um, a propaganda anti-Semitic propaganda uh, tract that was published during the period of, of the, the Tsarist period in Russia. So that goes all the way back to the beginning of the 20th century. So their their goal has always been that. And when they talk about what they want to do, uh, it's been very, very clear. And so for me, it's, it's uh, unfortunately a culmination of what they've been talking about and what they've been doing for ever since their founding in 1987. You know, it's interesting that um, we in the West, um, there's things that we don't understand. We don't understand that, that Hamas is propagating a culture of death in Gaza. And we've talked before about uh, the children's camps, and some in the West will say, well, they're just play-acting. And, and we see these, these videos of children carrying guns and, and calling for the destruction of Israel. So explain to us uh, the culture of death and what we don't understand about this culture in the Western world. When, when we educate our children, uh, we try to protect them from war and and um, and guns and violence. Um, we're talking about little children. Um, you know, we're not we're not talking about we're certainly not talking about you know adults, uh, self defense that kind of thing. We're talking. This is an an organization that has an ideology that that believes that its function is to carry out acts of violence and war. So in order to do that, uh, they they uh, promote among their population and especially toward the children an ideology that the heroes are the terrorists all of, and, the, and the leaders of their organization are the, the people who to be praised so not not a basketball player not a soccer player but the terrorists the leaders of their organization who who basic uh, ideology and um, the most important thing that they're promoting is to destroy Israel and kill Israelis. So in order to promote that among little children, uh, they have summer camps where they teach the children how to shoot guns. And they also teach them, there's like, they have a particular, like a, a play, it's, it's in, in order to make the children understand what they're, what they're doing, what they're expected to do. So they will enact carrying out actual attacks against Israelis. The other children, there are children who are who are uh, play-acting the Israeli soldiers or Israeli civilians, but then the others are the ones who are carrying out attacks on them. So if you actually watch these videos, you will see them enacting, uh, slitting the throats of Israeli soldiers. You will see them uh, carrying, carrying out acts of violence. You will see them being trained with weapons. And these are all little children uh, being trained to do this. And what I found really chilling regarding October 7th is that in, in, a, in a number of these videos, exactly what happened on October 7th is what these children were being trained to do. Wow. So uh, slitting throats, beheading people, uh, and, uh, and basically all the, those, those kinds of things. And what was really exceptional about October 7th uh, was, of course, the savagery and, and the bestiality that occurred on October 7th. And it makes me... Uh, it's not, it makes me think about how, in the in the in the 21st century, where you can just, if you want to kill someone, you could just simply use an automatic weapon. But they decided up close 
You had mm. to actually look these people in the eye to do what mm. they did on October 7th. So you had to dehumanize the other, you had to dehumanize other people to such a degree, and that starts with educating young children in that direction, and this is the culmination of that. You see, I don't, as a, as a human being, I can't comprehend that. You know, the way that I was raised, the way that you were raised in a Judeo-Christian culture, I just cannot comprehend that kind of savagery, why you would train your children to slit the throat of another human being. And uh, explain to us, Yehudit, the mindset of Hamas that if they're really trying to protect their citizens, why do they build rocket launchers near hospitals and schools? What, what's the motivation? Do they, they just don't care about human life? Is it that much of a culture of death that they not only want Israelis to die, but they couldn't care less if their own uh, civilians die? So as I, I mentioned a little bit earlier, the most important people in, in the culture of, of Hamas uh, and again, there are, there are people who don't believe in Hamas and Gaza, and, and they are opposed to the organization, but because Hamas is a dictatorship, you're, you're, not, going, you're not going to hear from those people, unfortunately. So in the culture of, of Hamas, as it exists uh, right now, uh, the most important people to, whose lives should be saved and should be preserved are, are the terrorists, and especially the leaders. So from their standpoint... They look, they look at, it's, it basically, the end justifies the means. Mm. Um, and then in addition to that, which, uh, I mean, for people, I'm sure many people are familiar with that expression, that the end justifies the means, but they, they're looking at it from an Islamic extremist point of view, which is even if, even if civilians get killed uh, because they're, they are uh, situating rocket launchers near hospitals and schools, that even if those those uh, innocent civilians get killed that they're going to go they will be rewarded in heaven anyway because they were part of part of the struggle so there it dovetails with the concept of the end justifies the means but with their with their ideology that that uh the that the innocent civilians are expendable in order to protect the leaders of their movement and and the, the terrorists who are carrying out uh the acts of violence because that's that's the most important the most important thing for them. And we see this ideology, <clears throat> and, you know, it's basically Islamism, radical Islamism. And could you explain the difference between Islam and Islam? Yes. So um, Islam is, is a religion that is practiced by um, uh, uh, 1.2 billion people worldwide. And Islamism is a, is a radical ideology that uh, distorts the, the texts of the religion in order to create an ideology. So, you, so you, have a, you have a political movement that is quoting from Islamic texts, but their interpretation is distorting all of the, all of the kinds of things that in a, a, a regular religion, including human life, it's distorting that in order to uh, achieve its goals. So that's a, that, that's a basic difference between the two. So what what I've seen over the years, Judy, is uh, these radical Islamists, I guess you would call them fascist, they often kill fellow Muslims that don't adopt their extreme views. Is that 
is that part of the ideology that even a fellow Muslim that that worships Allah and they're a peace-loving Muslim, are they considered um, idolaters as well? So it's it's uh, due to due to the passage of time and you know the early history of, of Hamas and many other Islamist movements uh, may not be so very well known. And so in the early days, uh, they started among their own population, and um, they would they would burn down. Just as an example, so this was in the in the late 1980s. So they did not like the the, the Hamas uh, supporters did not like people who had uh, video shops. So they would burn down the video shops. They didn't they didn't like the um, they, did, they didn't like the fact that someone was distributing Western videos. They're opposed to Western culture. So they they would burn. This is a person who who had a business who was renting out um, video um, you know videos to to people. And so first they would warn them, you know, we don't like what you're doing, and try to intimidate them, and then ultimately burn down their shop or kill them because they didn't like what they were doing. And, but it, it went way beyond that. In other words, they are trying to take over the society for their own movement, and in order to do that, uh, they're willing to use violence. So in, 2000, um, in 2006, Hamas won the Palestinian um, elections, uh, in in Gaza, and soon after, they went after all of the all of the people from the Palestinian Authority who were who were in um, leadership roles, and they assassinated them. Some of them they just shot, others they threw them off the roofs of buildings in Gaza. Uh, so unfortunately, um, that is part of of their of their goal. That they they were their, their ultimate goal is to create an Islamist state which they did um, in Gaza, but they also look at their, at, from, from the standpoint of history, that they really want, and this, this dovetails with al-Qaeda and the Islamic State, as well as other Islamist movements, that ultimately the entire world is going to be uh, an Islamist state. Uh, and, and from that point of view, they believe that they're going to force uh, the end of days from their perspective. That, in other words, uh, we're not wait, they're not going to wait for God to do it, uh, they're they they're doing it by carrying out these acts of violence, and they feel that these acts of violence are uh, portentous of the end of days. That they're moving moving forward every time they carry out an act of violence in order to expedite the end of days. You know, it's interesting on college campuses right now. We're seeing uh, protests against Israel, and many, many of these students um, they are Christian. I mean, they're from the Western world. They've grown up with Judeo-Christian values, yet they are supporting the terrorist organization Hamas, and they're, they're chanting, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Another chant is, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be Jew-free. And I don't know if they actually know what they're saying. I don't know if they really understand who Hamas is. And so some of these... Uh, people that are protesting. They're from the LGBT community. What would happen to uh, someone from the LGBT community that uh, visited Gaza? What would happen? So according to the ideology of, of Hamas, just like the Islamic State, I'm sure many people saw that on television uh, some years back, uh, they, they believe that, that anyone who's LGBT should be executed. Hmm. Uh, period. That's it. 
uh, so I think a lot of a lot of students are unaware of that, and um, there are people who don't understand what from the river to the sea Palestine will be free means. It's essentially saying erase and annihilate the state of Israel because the the sea is the Mediterranean Sea, and the river is the Jordan River, and that is exactly the the uh, the topography of the state of Israel. So basically, you're, you're, by saying that, you're calling for the destruction of Israel, the destruction of the only Jewish country on the face of the earth, and you're calling for genocide. Yehudi, if you, if you were in a room with a group of college students who, who were protesting Israel, calling for uh, an immediate ceasefire, saying that Israel's committing war crimes and they're defending their country, from uh, the terrorist organization Hamas, uh, what would you say to them? What would you say to a group of college students that are pro-Hamas? What would be your response? So there, there are going to be some people who are not going to be convinced, who are, you know, very ideological. But there are other people who I would, I would, t- I would try to explain to them uh, that uh, you're, we're talking about an organization that is calling for genocide. Uh, for, of Jewish people, and and that they need to they need to understand this is not a regular conflict. In a in a, in a regular Western type of conflict, you have two countries that have a disagreement over a border, and one side gives a little, and one side takes a little, and you sign you sign a peace treaty, and then you have a peace treaty, and then that's a normal conflict. This is not a normal conflict. And I think many, many people, not just college students, uh, even, even people who are decision makers have forgotten, uh, or with maybe some people may not you know, want to recognize that this is not a normal conflict, because we're talking about an organization that believes in an eschatological idea of that the, that the, the destruction of Israel must be achieved in order for... Uh, in, in order to create an Islamist state, in order to have their vision of an Islamist state throughout the world. So people don't, a lot of people are not aware of that. And then in addition to that, um, Israel follows the laws of war. And people may not be aware that over the last, uh, the last uh, several weeks, that Israel has been dropping flyers, basically revealing that it's, that it's going to enter Gaza and enter certain neighborhoods. They've been dropping flyers. They've dropped uh, uh, more than once. It's been at least four or five times so far, flyers. But in addition to that, when they're going into a neighborhood, they actually have soldiers who, who call the Gazans in that neighborhood and tell them, you need to leave because, we, because we're going to be coming in in order, in order to fight against Hamas, and we don't want you to get hurt. And I, don't, I know of no other country in the world that does that. Um, and Israel... Israel fights according to the laws of war, and there are th- there, and, and reality, there are certain things and during war that that happen that are that do not uh, that that are not desired. Uh, no one wants to kill children, uh, but the intention is not to kill children. The intention is not to kill uh, civilians. That's why they call the civilians and warn them to leave. So that's what I would try to explain to them, um, and I also and I also think that. People need to study at least some some more history to have some more awareness of of the region. Yeah, for sure. Um, I heard recently. I think it was David Harris from the American Jewish Committee said 
that Israel is the only army in the world that employs moral philosophers uh, that, you know, instruct the, the, the generals and the commanders of the IDF what they can do and what they can't do morally in, in fighting uh, a war with terrorists. Um, I was on a discussion the other day with a friend of mine from Norway, and uh, my friend said, uh, you know, I don't agree with what Hamas did, but there needs to be an immediate ceasefire because um, Israel is not justified in, in this war where there's 10,500 civilian deaths. So my response was, first of all, you may want to check your numbers because Hamas is the one counting. And so far they've not uh, had a really good track record when it comes to, to mathematic accountability. But I, I said to this person, you know, when you think about it, uh, you live in Norway, and uh, no one in Norway, or for, for the occupied uh, countries of Europe for that matter, uh, no one seemed to care much when the Allied forces were bombing Berlin. And there were a lot of citizens, innocent people that were, were killed in the bombing raids to try to weaken uh, the Nazi uh, tyrants. And so they, they had to conquer Berlin. They had to get into Hitler's bunker and, and uh, bring it into the war. And so w when the war was over, everyone was rejoicing throughout, throughout the world, but especially in Europe. So I said to my Norwegian friend, uh, thank goodness that uh, the Allied forces pushed back. And yes, innocents were murdered, but it, it wasn't uh, because of the Allied forces wanting to to kill civilians. It was because of the tyrants hiding behind the civilians. And so I said to my friend, thank God the Allied forces pushed back because if they hadn't, you would be speaking German today. Your country was occupied, the country of Norway, and they were oppressing your people. And so talk to us about that as we close out um, this segment, Yehudit, about the issue of moral equivalency and the pressure that's being put on Israel right now, and is, it, does, it just doesn't seem logical to me why the world is coming against Israel when uh, the Syrians, they gas their own people. No one said much. Uh, many Palestinians have, civilians have uh, died over the years, not at the hands of Israel in, in wars like this, but by the hands of other Islamic countries that have that have murdered Islam uh, murdered Palestinian people. So, talk to us about the issue of moral equivalency. Uh, so, I would I would add one one other thing you as you mentioned regarding the um, uh, these the statistics coming out of Gaza. Uh, what is what I find interesting and pointing to propaganda that, you know, that that they are that they are uh, spreading propaganda is the fact that they never give any figure, there's never a figure of how many Hamas terrorists are among the kill, uh, those who are killed. Hmm. Obviously, there are people who are, Hamas, who are Hamas terrorists, they would call them Hamas fighters, who are, who are killed fighting Israeli, Israeli forces, but there's never any number of those people. So the, the, the Gaza Ministry of, uh, of Health continues giving numbers, and, and they can, they, all the numbers are only women and children. So where, where, where are the people who, are, who have been fighting Israelis? There are. There are. They just don't count them. 
Hmm. And they're basically saying that the only people who are being killed are civilians. Right. Either including all of the all of the Hamas terrorists among the civilians. Um, and uh, so it's uh, that's where I, I find the um, that there's there's always a little bit of truth in propaganda, but then there but then there is also uh, you know you need to look at it and, and examine it, and then you can you can uh, realize you know that it in fact is propaganda. So going back to uh, moral equivalency, uh, of course there are always going to be people who want to to say things like. Um, that it's not that uh, what's going on is not proportional. That's one of the arguments that people make. Well, I have a question for them: What is proportional to what happened on October seventh? I don't know, and I don't think anyone knows what's proportional. And I don't think and I don't think the loss of human life under any circumstances by either side should be measured in, in any kind of proportion because you're talking about human lives. And Israel did not want this war. There is, Israel, as far as Israel was concerned, they were hoping that Hamas and Gaza, the people of Gaza, were going to be, they were going to rebuild Gaza for people to have a regular life there, uh, for people to be able to go, to go to school, to go to university, and live, live a normal life there. But unfortunately, Hamas decided to use all of, that, all of those funds in order to build a terrorist infrastructure for their organization. And the, the, the fuel and the food is... At, at this point, Hamas controls it, and the, the people of Gaza don't have fuel and food, not because there isn't fuel and food in Gaza, but because Hamas doesn't give it to them. Hmm. So when you look at that, a regular country takes care of its citizens, a regular country educates its citizens, a regular country does not use all, all of its resources in order to create an infrastructure to kill somebody else. So I, there, there, I think, lies... The, the answer to the question of any kind of moral equivalency, what is the purpose of your society? What are you doing with your society? What is the goal of your society? And if the goal of your society, the, the, the number one goal of your society is to, is to annihilate another society, there's a problem there. There's a moral problem there, a severe moral problem there. And, and, the, and what happened on October 7th was such bestiality and unspeakable evil that it, it just shows and demonstrates the, 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 the depravity and, and moral turpitude of what has been going on there. And I, and I have great sympathy for the regular people of Gaza who do not believe in, in Hamas and who, and who do not support Hamas. They have been victimized by them for all of these years. Uh, and um, I think that that's something that I wish would, would be something that, that could change in, in the near future. Yehudit, thank you so much. And this is part one of a two-part conversation uh, I'm having with uh, Yehudit Barsky, who's the Senior Research Fellow for the Institute of the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy, based at the Wolf Institute at Cambridge University. And um, next week, uh, you're going to hear from Yehudit again. So thank you, Yehudit, for enlightening us about who Hamas is. And we'll see you next time.